chicken sandwich. Check Kyle, one. Is that, is that chicken loud? Chicken sandwich. Okay, I won't do that noise then. All right, all set. Was that loud? Check East European family Hello. that had twins. Hello. Check one. Two. Hello, my Check friends. One, Hello. Is that good? Let's start the show. For those who do not know, the biggest wrestling spectacular names from all over the country, former champions. I've never seen anything like it. Eddie Graham. Florida promotion, Vern Gagne, superstar Billy Graham, Road Warriors, Mid-South Coliseum in Memphis, Tennessee, Bill Watts, Jerry Jarrett, Dory Funk, Harley Race, uh, Nick Bockwinkle. This is Cigars and Conversation with Derek St. Holmes, Esquire. Hello and welcome to Cigars and Conversations, brought to you by our good friends at All the Gimmicks, Stitcher, iTunes, and Google Play. I am your co-host, Jay Yoke, and I'm sitting here with a true raconteur in the world of professional wrestling. This man has shared the ring with a who's who of talent that ranges from Aaron Scott to Rob James. It's two first names. You got that? I don't know who Aaron Scott is. I know. He was on your bio. A wrestler, manager, commentator, and a trainer who's contributed essays to wrestling publications and who also has cousins that recently got into the business of farming alpacas. Oh, yeah. With 20 years of experience, he is a true renaissance man with unlimited knowledge. Some ladies, mostly gentlemen. I am speaking of the one, the only, the incomparable, Derek St. Holmes Esquire. Hello. Hey, alpaca jerky tastes fantastic, by the way. I uh, would love to try some. Do you have alpaca socks? Uh, yes. Yeah, remarkably soft. Yes. Yeah. Um, Andy and I went and visited alpacas. Where at? Where was that? That was up in uh, Ma- Manitowoc. Uh, Man- oh, okay. This one's like, just over by Dousman. There's uh, somebody that I know that went and had a birthday party out in Colorado and you could hire an alpaca to come to your birthday party dressed up like with the fez and like the, I don't know, whatever Peruvian kind of gown or something along that line. You know they have to live together, right? Yes. As a matter of fact, oh, I'm trying to find the name of the farm, but I can't. Uh, they have to live together. And for every dozen or so alpacas, you need a llama to act as the herd uh, moderator. There you go. Yeah, it was very it's just neat. like a panel at Comic-Con. You sure. need one person yeah. to moderate, though. Uh, but llama fibers aren't as soft as alpaca fibers, so there's more money in alpaca. You ever eaten uh, llama before? You ever have llama? Possibly, yes. So. Had alpaca. Have you really eaten alpaca? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've had alpaca jerky. I've uh, used the meat for stew, and I have See, steaks. I thought that was a joke. Oh, no. No. Oh, you're like a heathen over there. Pff, okay. I didn't know you could eat alpaca. Why couldn't you? Why would you? You wouldn't eat a horse. Would you? Sure. Why not? Where are you eating a horse? Uh, your finer burger establishments all over? I don't know. You realize that's cows, right? <clears throat> okay. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> no, I don't understand what's your... It doesn't seem like an alpaca is something that people are like farming to eat. Well, you're not. You're using them for their fibers. But once the fiber, once they hit the end of their usable life, 
So Why you're not? eating old alpaca meat? That's gross. It's, I don't know. It sounds gross. Why? Because it has a face? No, because it's old. And because I've never heard of anyone eating alpaca before. Okay. Well, I mean, it's a beef animal like any other beef animal. I don't know. That's that's a rough one. But uh, but the jerky's good. Yes, the jerky's very good. <laughs> if you bring me some, then the I meat, can never say anything yeah, about it again. Yeah, the meat's good. I'm actually uh, heading up to make a trip out there. They're supposed to have babies soon. And you're like, I'd love one of those sweet, fresh, veal cutlet alpaca babies. No. My lovely girlfriend wants to see the babies. I want to throw them a bunch of money to get more meat for the fridge. Wow. Listen to you. I did not know. I'm sorry. I did not okay. know alpaca. But Kyle, did you know you could eat an alpaca? Would you eat an alpaca? I'd try it. You can eat an elk. Yeah, I guess. You can eat a buffalo. What about a giraffe? It's I'm sure you could eat a giraffe. I don't know where they're plentiful enough that you could slaughter them for food. <laughs> this is really taking a turn here. What is this, some kind of rib? No, it's not. But speaking of ribs, um, and I don't mean barbecue St. Louis style baby backs. I'm talking about the kind they do in professional wrestling. Yes, ribs are practical jokes. Yes. Uh, rib. The term rib is in my everyday speak uh, around my house, my family, my students. Um, and I, don't, I still don't think any of them know what it means when I say it. What, is this some kind of a rib? And then everyone just looks at me. I think my son knows that it means is this some kind of a joke. Right, but I've also heard it outside of wrestling. Yeah, meaning, but it's not that you know, common. It's a joke. Yeah, it's like I, when I first heard it, I assumed it was like a showbiz thing. Yeah, uh, my wife would get mad because she'd say, like, can you go mow the lawn? And i go, are you ribbing me, Daddy? And she'd be like, don't call me Daddy. And just can you just talk in like regular, like a regular person? <laughs> so that your wife's a saint by the way no she's great yeah but there's a lot of that but my wife does my wife has picked up uh like she'll uh does she call anything the shits uh no she won't and she got mad because i started uh. calling stuff the drizz and she got now she doesn't like that so she's like don't say that because it's short for the drizzling shits, shits right yeah. she doesn't like that she doesn't like that term um we play cards a lot and this has nothing to do with wrestling, but uh, when someone says deuce, I always say a juicy deuce, and that drives the whole group of people very angry. Gets them very upset when I say, I got a juicy deuce. They don't like that. Again, completely unrelated See, I to hear wrestling. deuce and immediately go off on a kiss riff. Yeah, she's worth a deuce. Here we go. We missed Derek doing his musical part of the last show. Yeah. There is a... Uh, 70s demo of Deuce that's on YouTube, um, which I think blows the the album version. The actual one away. I will listen to that. Yes. Um, So anyhow, so yes, so my wife has taken up some of the lingo in wrestling and uses it sometimes. She thinks the phrase, talking about like getting heat or having heat with people, Uh she thinks that's funny. Um, She finds that she says, who do you have heat with now? Stuff, she says stuff like that. Very pronounced. Almost anyone. Yeah, no, it's true. <laughs> it is very true. Yeah, but it's uh, um, but rib is one that does not. Yeah, that's again. That is the common one. Is Jay take out the garbage and then I'll yell. Are you ribbing me, Daddy? Stop saying that. So, um, and don't call me Daddy. And don't call me Daddy. Unless Tell we're me in the about. You seem like a very. Alone. 
I've seen you in the locker room. I'm wearing the harness. Uh, and while I would say you're more of a shit stir than be, a river. You're going to be pegged. Uh, no, no pegging. Okay. I just told my wife what that was the other day. She was asking about that. And she said, I never knew it had a name. <laughs> yeah, no, she was like, because I was explaining to her how someone got, was, got pegged on the Howard Stern show. And she's like, what does that even mean? So then I had to explain it. But that's a whole other thing. And she thought it was something just she thought of. No, no. I okay. Don't, listen, anyway. Listen, so like I was saying. In the locker room, because we've seen you there, you're more of a shit stir than like a ribber, I feel. Oh, yeah, but I'm like that in real life. I just like to make other people do stuff. Like to do, like kind of. Yeah. So you're like a uh, like peripheral and you like to watch the yeah the rib occur. Yeah. Um, do you, have you ever instigated one, like thought of one, brought it to, like planned it and then brought it to fruition by having somebody else do it for you? Uh, nothing that spectacular, but no. yeah, I've done a little bit of mischief. Have you ever been ribbed? Uh, yeah, maybe back in the day, but people don't really rib me because I don't sell it. And I'm just kind of like, eh, okay. I've noticed that too. Sometimes when you will send me a text uh-huh. and you try to get me going and then I no sell the text and then you text me and say, oh, you're going to no sell that. Yeah. That just makes me feel good. So it's oh, kind okay. of that act of attrition Mental to note. see if I can, Never do it again. if I can hold off on saying anything. Uh-huh. Until you um, respond back. Yes. So. Uh, ribs. Ribs. Ribs, t- and ribs have been around wrestling since day one. Because pro wrestling is nothing else but a world of waiting. Sure. You have your match. But then, well, you get to, you get, <laughs> you're waiting in the car. You're waiting to get to the event. Right. Then you get to the venue. You get dressed and you're waiting to go on. Then you go on and have your match, you get dressed, and you're waiting to get paid. Right. Then you're waiting to get back home. So what better thing to do than fuck with somebody? Yeah, shit? you've got all this downtime, so you know a variety of practical jokes or something. I believe it was the first book I, I, I read it in uh, Whatever Happened to Gorgeous George, or I believe they called them swerves. So they said a swerves the day okay. keeps the boredom away or something like that. So at one point it was it wasn't known as ribs. Ribs just kind of became the uh, probably a regional thing, but ribs sure. are ribs are what's most commonly known now. Yeah. What so, do you what do you think of them? Are I mean are you just like well, as long as they don't the as long as they don't damage property or get anybody in trouble in real life. Yeah, sure, why not? Do you um like if so if you hear someone because I've heard a million stories about guys cutting up other guys gear yeah that destroys dude. property and you don't no, like that and no. that's like that just takes it too far that goes yeah, too far in yeah okay what about like um uh like getting someone's stuff wet and i don't mean urinating because that's a whole other level too oh no but i like, am a big fan of taking the water bottle and if somebody has light colored gear you talk to them face to face they're distracted and then you give them the piss spot before they go out see that's a see that's a fun one yeah that's fun and it doesn't hurt anybody no that's good and you get a little smile out of you like that yeah when you that's say why that. i wear dark colored gear that's good. Very yeah. nice. So, why don't you let's? Uh, how about you share some of uh, your favorite ribs? Okay. Some of the ones you know. And, uh, uh, well, we'll the first one I have written down here is called the Mabel. Okay. And this one stands out to me because I was first exposed to this one before, way before I got into wrestling. It's in one of the Porky movies. Really? Yes. Porky's movies? Yes. Okay. One of the Porky's movies. I didn't know if we were talking about like a this Porky is the gimmick where. Uh, you take your rube, your unsuspecting rube, yes, and you let them know. Uh, well, the Mabel was very big in the Stampede territory, but okay. there's also stories of it being done in Florida and everything. Uh, you tell the Rube there's a woman that wants to meet him, and 
get them all excited and they talk on the phone or whatever. And she's like, well, I want you to come out to my house, which is way out in the wilderness. Yes. And I want you to bring, you know, bring a bunch of booze, bring a bunch of food. We'll do it upright and then I'll treat you really good. So the guy's oh sure. excited. I got this girl, got this girl on the line. Blah, blah, blah. So the guy goes out to the girl's place, which is out in the middle of nowhere. Before anything happens, the door kicks open and it's the woman's husband and he's got a shotgun. What the hell are you doing here with my wife? You know, fires the shotgun, there's blanks. There's been stories of where they shoot the woman and suddenly blood spurts out of her. Jesus you know, and all Christ. this other stuff. But that's fake, right? Well, hold on. And then I'm already the Rube, falling for the rib. Yeah, the Rube gets all terrified of this and jumps out the window and runs yes. away. Yes, this has all been set up by the boys because then the boys are all lying in wait around here. They wait for this to go down. Once they see the guy take off, they go in and have a party with all the booze and food that the guy brought. No, oh, it's good. Yeah, so that that's the rib. What but do they do with the dead body of the woman? Well, no, that's just a squib. Oh, you know okay. that you know they fake that out because the girl is you know either a rat or somebody's friend sure. or whatever you know, and sure. they set that up. But there's stories of this going on in the Stampede territory uh, with the Great Antonio, okay. who's, who's a big fat guy that's in the Bill Burr uh, YouTube clip getting beaten up by Antonio Inoki. Yes, and how the cops find him chugging away down the road, going, "Oh, we got to get out of here. There's a crazy man back there and stuff like that." Hey, have we ever talked about that? The great Antonio and Antonio Inoki. No. Um, what is your thoughts on that, real quick? What he was an idiot. He was right. He yeah. was just. Uh, and was he was he no selling Inoki's stuff and just screwing around and then Inoki just yeah just ended up yeah because he was brought in to do a job but he wasn't gonna gotcha he, he didn't follow orders I never I didn't realize that that guy was an actual like worker worker he was more of a cultural phenomenon in Montreal I think it was have you ever seen that Kyle. Okay. Yeah, he was just a big like he was homeless towards the end of his life, but he would like pull trains and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't so he's just kind of, so Kyle just real quick, and you should look it up on YouTube. But he is like, and he's in a match with Anoki, and he's pretty much just no selling everything that Anoki's throwing him, and then Anoki just lays into him, and just, yeah, it's just like enough of this crap. Yeah, some real stiff shit. kicks to the like soccer kicks to the yeah, head. Yeah, and, and then he was on like a plane the next day. Yeah. Right. Because it was very dangerous. Or it may have gotten beaten up one more time. But he was like gone. The worst soon after. ribs of his life, by the way. Getting kicked in the face. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, why would this what, stampede? That was the big thing to do. Yeah, that was just it was well known for the Mabel, and they'd bring somebody in, and oh, we got this girl for you, and stuff like that. That is pretty good. Yeah, but um, it was just something to you know. But that's so goddamn elaborate. Yeah, well, that, they had a lot of time on their hands. Yeah, but that's still very. I mean, you talk about like oh, sitting in a car. And then sitting in the locker room and then waiting to get paid. And in all that time, they established to get some girl in a hotel room, get squibs under her dress. Oh, I mean, that that wasn't all the time. But the, the big parts were there's a girl out here. Sure. Get the guy alone. The guy busts through the door. This is my wife. What the hell are you doing? Yeah. The guy runs away scared. Oh, great. And, of course, with all of these ribs, like, it's a practical joke, but it was also uh, – like an initiation or a hazing as to how you reacted to it. Isn't it also fun? Well, not fun. It's actually serious, I should say, that when you when, – no, I, I was going to say it's funny, but it's not funny. And you think about when you read a lot of the books or you talk to a lot of guys about um, their time in the business, and a lot of the tragedies and a lot of the things that happen in wrestling, they'll always say like, oh, and then we thought that was a rib, like yeah. a car crash or a – 
uh, truly like someone getting shot or something like that. And it's almost like the lines got blurred where guys were ribbing each other so much that like dangerous shit was truly happening. Yeah, because it was the art of the work. It's just like, well, I don't want to be taken as a mark or a rube. So, right. But I was like, oh shit, that was real. Yeah. So, pretty amazing. What else you got for uh, us? Another famous rib, which I. I believe it happened once, and then I believe it was worked around the horn, was uh, the Alaskan Jay York, okay. who was a wrestler from back in the day, was asthmatic and had a puffer. You know, sure. the little the thing. Uh, somehow, Johnny Valentine got a hold of this puffer and filled it up with lighter fluid. Jeez. You know, like, like a butane. So Jay York comes out of the, comes back from his match, he's huffing and puffing goes for his puffer turns blue and almost passes out and almost dies because of this rib now the original story is it gradually escalated from there to where uh yeah where does it graduate where does it hold on escalate to from tomo's death well from there um it's the story allegedly buddy rogers had a halliburton you know, a, sure, a steel yeah. briefcase that everybody put their stuff in. And one night, this Halliburton, he set this Halliburton down next to Johnny Valentine. Jay York goes to the security guard, says, hey, I've got, a, I've got an M80 I'm going to blow off for the boys. Don't, don't worry about it. It's like, oh, okay, sure. So while Johnny Valentine is sitting in there, uh, Jay York comes in, pulls out a shotgun, and says, I don't think that was very funny, you MFR, and boom, blows this, blows this Halliburton. Sure. Blows yeah. a hole in it right next to Johnny Valentine. Boom. Where all of a sudden it's, oh, shit. You know, so it gets real. I forget what Valentine did back to Jay York as a rib. Probably something was shit that we'll get into later. But after that, Valentine goes to start his car one time. It doesn't start. Opens the car. Sees that there's sticks of dynamite under the hood that aren't hooked up to the cap, but with a note from Jay York that says, I could have got you here. Jesus Christ. And at that point, they decided to to work it. Sure. Now, this lighter fluid in the puffer story has been told enough times that it's now suspected that after this original time, they went around the horn with it. Oh, really? And, like, faked it in front of a bunch of boys. Because there's another story of doing the puffer... Jay York comes in with the gun, and what he doesn't know is Harley Race is sitting there, and Ego told so another story. Yeah. Well, no, this was another story. Oh, okay. Where all of a sudden, what he doesn't know is Harley Race has his thirty-eight under the paper he's reading, ready to shoot him if he does anything before they, ha ha ha, tell yeah. the boys. Uh, speaking of Buddy Rogers, yes, there's a great rib. I forget how it's set up, but the payoff of this whole thing is Buddy Rogers and Valentine love to rib each other. Buddy Rogers goes into a restaurant with his wife, has a, has a lovely dinner. This is in New York, so they're parked on the street outside. Uh, comes out to his car afterwards, gets in the car to leave, starts it up, hits the gas, doesn't move. Hits the gas, doesn't move. Doesn't know what's going on. Uh, goes to get out and walk around the car to see what happens. Trips, and he realizes that valentine has taken angle iron and welded his car to the parking meter (laughs) nice so yeah that's crazy yeah yeah it is wow it just it's so much yeah well they had nothing else to do 
And the, would you be, does that make do you laugh at that or you think oh they're damaging property? What do you think on that? Well, back then, I mean, it was a different. It was a different time. It was a different time. It was a different story. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm sure he did this, but did he have the welder there ready to cut it? You know, I, I don't know. Right. Because I forget the, the, I just remember the payoff, but I forget how it was. Right. But there's got to be, yeah, to an extent, there has to be some of that stuff, though, isn't there? Where it's like, if they do something fairly drastic like that, they've got the problem solve, yeah, solver. Yeah, so, like, like uh, off to the side, here right? You here you go. Haha, get it and get it done. Right. Right. So, we've mentioned Johnny Valentine a lot in this episode. Yes. This is where it gets a little graphic. Yeah, let's let's go into it. Uh, for some reason, I don't know if it's wrestling attracts these people or these type of people are attracted to wrestling. Sure. But there's a lot of ribs in wrestling that involve feces, e- either water, water play, or scat. Okay. You know, either pissing on people. Now the Freebirds were well known for what they called the bird bath where two of them would be talking to you and the third one would come up behind you and start peeing on your leg. Yeah. That's just what they like to do. That's allegedly how they got fired from the AWA when they gave Vern a birdbath. Oh, they, to Vern. Allegedly. Okay, I don't sure. Know that story. I want to believe it. Yeah. Uh, Missy Hyatt tells a story when she was in the UWF, she was like, like went in the locker room to change and all of a sudden heard something up and Buddy Rogers was like up in the rafters getting ready to try and pee on her. So... She knew, she knew she was accepted at that point. Yeah, right. So Johnny Valentine was the king of shit ribs. Okay. Um, Piper talks about it in his book that he was the master of being able to drop his pants and lay a pile and end it with the Dairy Queen swirl on the top. Sure, that the brazier whip. Yes. <laughs> uh, I was told by Carmine that one of the things he would like to do back in the days when hotels were different would be to go up and down a hotel hallway, find an open door, then he could go in and shit on somebody's chest without waking them up, and then shut the door and leave. Jesus. Yeah. See, that's a bit. That's a bit intense. Yeah. Right. Um, in that's some ninja shitting too, by the way. Yes. Uh, allegedly, could be recreated by Adrian Adonis. Really. Allegedly. Okay. Uh, in, is not Piper's book, in Oli's book and in J.J. Dillon's book, they tell different stories of at TV tapings uh, in, the, in the Mid-Atlantic area in the early 70s um, that it was either he would get, uh, he, he either, uh, Valentine had his pouch of tobacco or an ice cream cone for some reason. And like he would have to go do an interview and he would find some jobber to say either here, hold my tobacco, don't have any, or here, hold my ice cream, don't have any. Sure. And he'd be purposely be gone soon enough that the guy would either take a dip or lick some of his ice cream. And the guy didn't know it was a shit. Well, just, oh, we're not there yet. What, sorry. What do you peak at Christmas too? Yes. Jeez. So this would go on week after week until like he wouldn't even ask the guy. He'd be like, oh, I'm up for an interview here he'd get ah. his ice cream you know so week after week and he'd build him in build him in build him in finally it would pay off where the guy would go and lick the ice cream and look in the cone and there was shit in the cone or else he would go and take a dip of the tobacco and find out that there was a piece of shit in the bag and get it all over his hands nice and that was the rib so it was like this slow build rib yeah. just to get to that point yeah that's fascinating yes 
Um, there's also other stories of Valentine. Apparently this guy was being very boisterous at a bar one night and they wanted to get him kicked out. So while somebody was talking to him, Valentine walked up behind him and pissed in his jacket pocket so that it all ran out. And then he went to the bartender and said, Hey, that guy just took a piss at your, at your bar. What? What? Look at all getting kicked the guy out. So it's almost these weird Rube Goldberg. So elaborate plans that then end just a pain off that it's a believable but not believable yeah like it kind of is both you know it's like again of, these are stories i'd enjoy hearing i wouldn't enjoy living them yeah right i mean Cause, this cause that like would this be weird be a, because valentine was seen like he had his group of friends but outside of that he was not somebody you wanted to hang out with because right. people like he's gonna put a piece of shit in my food or something like that right you know, they just didn't he wasn't seen as a friendly guy outside of know, his and, circle and it's like you said too with like the the scat stuff. I mean, how much goddamn poop handling can you do in your life? Right. It's just a. And then at some point, someone's just got to be like, why are you always messing around with shit? Yes. Now, there's even evidence of this today um, with when Jerry Lawler first went to the Fed, everybody shit in his crown. Sonny had problems with people putting shit in her food on the European tour. Uh, Mark Henry had somebody mess with his food one time. I mean, so it's sure. still so it's there. Still, it's there. It's present. But it's obviously not. Oh, even uh, Orton supposedly did something to a. Yeah, to one of the ladies. Yeah, and yeah. That's so why she quit it, it, so it's still around. But obviously now in the corporate environment, it's seen as much more serious. Right. Now, so here's a story by Red Bastine. After this is a long time after Valentine was in the car, uh, the plane wreck. Yeah, and he had braces on his legs. But you know, whenever the boys were in Texas, they'd still go hang around him and everything. Valentine and Bastine went out drinking one time, and uh, Valentine was very proud, so he didn't you know want anybody's help. And he was like braces on his legs with his crutches, walking back to his house and tipped over. Okay. And uh, as he tipped over, suddenly Bastine whips out a schlong called the bishop yeah <laughs> and starts peeing all over valentine and said this is for all the times you pissed on me you son of a bitch and valentine's wife at the time came out she's screaming at bastine what the hell are you doing but valentine's just on the ground just going <laughs> just taking it like a man <laughs> like good one <laughs> so yeah lots of piss and shit in wrestling Cigars and Conversations presents Mailbag. Dramatic readings of fan letters culled from the pages of classic wrestling magazines. This time out, we continue our journey through the unofficial official awards for 1986. Because these were such a popular item from the 1985 year interview, Pro Wrestling Illustrated decided to do it again. So we're continuing on from last time. <clears throat> Andy, the Spud Webb Award given to the best wrestler who's under six feet tall would go to? Yeah, Coco Beware is a good good guess. Buzz Sawyer. Ah. Most Improved Looks Award. Adrian Adonis. That would be a good guess, but it's actually Andre the Giant for putting on a mask. Mm. Dave Stewart, Roby, Texas. Most Blatant Arrogance <laughs> Award. Rick Martel. 
the world-class reliance on and protection of the Von Erics and their stripping of Chris Adams of the world-class title for one no-show. The same offense is ignored when the no-show is on the Von Erics. That was all in the one thing. I kind of like that one. That guy was very, he was very animated about it. Um, what? <laughs> this is one of my favorites. The Lack of Viewer Consideration Award. I'm going to, no one has to chime in. Well, this is going for the UHF station, U68, WWHT in the New York, New Jersey area. Uh, they were airing wrestling Monday through Saturday and with no advance notice, removed wrestling October 4th to air a 24-hour home shopping club program. It was a sign of the times, 1986. But I got a pocket fisherman out of it. <laughs> there you go. Uh, once a bitch, always a bitch award. Matilda? Ba uh, that was good. That was good. Baby Doll. Odd Couple of the Year Award. Anyone? Name's been said before. Abdullah the Butcher. It's not always Abdullah the Butcher. Jose Luis it's not always Jose Luis Rivera. Dark, Dark Journey <laughs> and the Missing Link. Oh, nice. Secretary of the Year. Dark y Journey. Yes. Uh... The No Backbone Award. No Backbone Award. Goes to NWA President Bob Geigel for not standing up to the Four Horsemen. Carol Anderson of Appleton, Wisconsin. Very upset about that. The Most Telegraph Sneak Attack Since Hitler Blitzed Poland Award. Was that really telegraph? <laughs> Whenever you there's bring up a Hitler law and on the, the internet, <laughs> Derek said there's a law on the internet that if you bring up Hitler, you lose. Oh, I don't know. But the answer to the question is Paul Orndorff's sneak attack on Hulk Hogan should have been a sliding coach for major league baseball award goes to referee Tommy Young. Single most powerful drop kick of the year. Oh, no, that's a... What about that one? Hmm. Brunzel? Close. Siva Afi, who knocked Iron Mike Sharp out of the ring and over the railing at Madison Square Garden. That was a wow. very, very specific. Yeah. You really called that one out there, uh, which was crazy. Most ad... Oh, I'm going to save this one for when Derek comes back from the bathroom because it is a, a question. Longest running secret award. What do you think that would be? Is this machines related? Again? No, There's I know. Hey, they really. Like... This crowd was hot on the machines in this issue, weren't they? <laughs> no, it was the. What is the contents of Jim Cornette's tennis racket? Oh, I like that. Yes. Are they saying like inside the zipper case, or is he? Did he have something loaded in the racket? Always claimed he had something loaded in the because he would tap the racket. Ah. Um. Losers of the year. Super obvious if you watched TBS Saturday Night. The Mulkies, absolutely. Randy and Bill Mulkey. Now, uh, this one, Derek, I wanted to ask you about. Derek, yeah. they have something called the Most Admirable Wrestler Award, and they give it to Barry Windham for telling the truth about the WWF. What do you think that was? Uh, he did an interview with uh, the After Mags after he left the WWF, um, saying that they you know worked him too hard didn't use him right blah 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 yeah 
meh, he just got tired of the schedule and went home. Was that the old thank you for saying what needed to be said? Um, how about somebody please shoot them all and put them all out of their misery award? Jose Luis Rivera and Johnny Rods. Close. The AWA. Uh. All right. This is a three-way tie. The That's Why the Lady is a Tramp Award. Missy Hyatt? Yes. Uh, Dark Journey? No. Brenda Britton? No. Precious? Precious. Sunshine? No. I don't know. Baby Doll? The Minor Leagues of Professional Wrestling Award. AWA. Oh, that was a real stinging bite, wasn't it? Because they said they were the major leagues. Yes. The Thumbs Down Award goes to the UWF for ending almost every one of their TV shows in the middle of a great match. I agree with that 100%. Sorry, but that's good writing, actually. Valet, I... It's good writing because you have to tune into the next show to find out how that match But ended. I always felt that they never really followed through with that. But what are we going to do? All right. going to bitch about it. Worst looking lady wrestler. Brenda Britton. Adrian Adonis. I, I'm, just, I'm just reading what's here on the paper. Would rather be a cartoon character than a wrestler. Missing Link. 1980s. No. Sergeant Slaughter. Sergeant Slaughter. Very good. I made more money. That's true. Uh, valet I'd most like to be locked in a room with. Missy Hyatt. No. Then Not according to Eddie Robinson of Hagerstown, Maryland. Elizabeth. No. Bobby Hina. <laughs> Fallen Angel. Yeah. Eh, not that great. Do you know who Zonker Harris was? Yeah, from um, Doonesbury. Zonker Harris Tanning Trophy Award goes to... Lance Von Eric. Sure. And we'll end it with this one. Waste of Airtime Award, a legit award in this one. What do you think the Waste of Airtime Award is? This segment. Pro Wrestling Illustrated Scouting Reports featuring Bill Apter. See, I enjoyed those. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. Um... When I first broke in, it was still common to H-bomb somebody where, you know, they'd put a halcyon in your drink. So I was taught if you had a bottle, to keep your finger in the bottle. Yeah. You know, very much like women out today for date rape. Right, drugs. right. Keep, keep a finger in your bottle, watch this. Or if you were in a hotel room, getting your eyebrows shaved off. Yeah. So that's why I hated doing road trips where I had to stay with everybody because I would want to set up in a corner and you couldn't fall 100% asleep. Right. So because you knew if you fell asleep, someone was gonna end up doing something. Mm-hmm. And there was one time I woke up as they were putting the shaving cream on my head, and I'm just like, nope, nope, get away, give me the stuff. I'm like, no, yeah. no, the rib's gone. I'm like, no, I'm not doing this. That's yeah, and I couldn't deal with that. So uh, another getting away from piss and shit. Thank you. Well, okay, maybe this isn't one so much. There was another rib that I read about several times called the airplane test. Okay. uh, Where you would take the rookie and say, this is a test that they taught pilots that you have balance so we know you can pass your physical to get your licensing. Very popular in Tennessee. Where you would pick a spot on the wall about waist high, tell the guy to remember it, but then he had to look at another spot 
and walk sideways and put his finger right to the spot on the wall. Okay. You know, so the other guys would be like, no, go left, go right, go up, go down, you know, and they would guide him to it. So once they had him do it, um, they're like, okay, we're going to do it for real now. And so the guy would focus on the other spot, and the other people would guide him in to put a spot on the wall, but some other wrestler had his pants down, so he would just wind up sticking his finger up the other guy's butt. Okay, yeah. You know. So a little bit, yeah, still a little shit-related. So, right. But in Jimmy Valiant's book, he goes on to this to say, okay, ha-ha, we got you, we got you. Okay, let's get this other guy. We're going to use you to set it up, so we need to use you to set up how to, to do the test for real. Yeah. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, I want to help get this other guy. So it would be considered more points or whatever. So they take this guy and say, okay, newbie, uh, this guy passed the test, so he's going to demonstrate how to do it. So the first guy would look at the spot on the wall and get guided in, thinking he was going to you know, set up the other guy to lose. But no, somebody else would go up and take their pants down. And so then, you'd get so the same guy twice. Get him twice. Yeah. And then that's, the, then that's the jam. That's the rib. So you sacrifice one of the newbies, though, because once he sees that you did it, right. kind of like... But it's more funny to get the other guy twice. Right. If you jam him twice, that's the way to do it. Yes. That's pretty crazy. Uh, so keeping it on the urine... And <laughs> keeping with that urine. Uh, well, no, this is good. Now, in England, it was very popular, especially with the tram, where guys would be half asleep uh, when they're getting back to wherever. They'd wait to come at a stop, and somebody would shout, Okay, guys, this is our stop. Everybody get off. And they'd all get off, and all of a sudden find out they were at the wrong stop and everything. But they also traveled in buses. Lord Al Hay tells this story, and I just think this is hilarious. Uh, it was in a bus where a referee and a promoter got into a verbal argument over who was more over on the show. Okay. And this escalated to the two of them. God damn it, pull this bus over right now. Now, it's the middle of the night. The bus, it's an older bus, so it doesn't have a dome light or anything. They make the driver pull over, and this referee and the promoter are going to settle this right now. So, like, everybody's half asleep, but then they wake up. Oh, these guys are going to fight. So they, they stumble to the front of the bus. The door opens. The first guy gets out. Get out here, you son of a bitch. I'll fight you. And then he said, and all of a sudden it sounded like it was raining. But all of a sudden they realized that the first guy had gotten out of the door of the bus, turned around and was ready to fight. But the second guy stayed up in the bus and just decided to whip out his dick and piss on the other guy on the outside. And that was that. And that was that. So much peeing, so much pooping yes. in this, uh, this world. Have have you and I don't know do you have I don't want to if you have stories of that have you come in contact with any shit or piss ribs? Uh, no, the closest I did was uh, there was one promoter that liked to do what he called piss pals, where if you were in the shower, like at a, if they ran a show at a high school and everybody's in the shower, they'd try and pee on you. And that was that. Yeah, but but not me. Yes, and when you see that, are you just like, what what in the hell's going on? It's or? just like uh, okay, whatever. Yeah. It's kind of like that, and, and do you think some of it lends itself to the, oh, well, this is like tradition in wrestling. and Yeah, but. Like, ha, ha, ha. But it's weird. Yeah, but it just is weird it's all the weird. way around. It's just yeah. a very strange thing. Uh, other famous ribs, getting away from stuff like that. Uh, in Tennessee, they would often have CB radios in their car, especially sure. in the 70s, and that was popular. Uh, there's a couple stories of using the CB radios to if somebody was driving a distinctive car 
people would get on the radio and say, yeah, I'm driving this blue Dodge going down the highway and I think all truckers are pussies or something like that. <laughs> right. So then all the truckers would, you know, gang up on this car and force them off the road and be, oh, I don't know what's going on. You know, so that was the rib. That's funny. But there were also several stories of like Jarrett and Lawler or the Fargos, like they would speed up speed up to get ahead of everyone and then they'd get out on the side of the road take off their clothes and duck you know do the tuck and pretend they were a naked woman hitchhiking sure. didn't lawler also keep a police siren like he i thought he had a light in his car yes it wasn't him but it was somebody that they had the police light in their car and they would scare guys um coming up behind him putting on the lights right joe ledoux got really mad at him one time because they put on the light and he's just like i had to throw a whole bag of weed out the car you son of a bitch you know so he was angry about that um there's also stories of guys turning off their headlights coming up behind other people at night on the road nudging up against their bumper and suddenly hitting the gas so suddenly they were accelerating and didn't know why you know it's like dangerous stuff right right um there were ribs that they would play on hitchhikers. The Fargos were really good for having a gun with blanks and they'd pick up the hitchhiker and then the two guys would get in the fight and one would shoot the other one and kick him out the door. And then he turned to the hitchhiker and say, okay, you're a witness. So you got to be in this with me. Right. And just scare the hell out of the hitchhiker. Just doing crazy. Yeah. Stuff there's all constantly. sorts of stuff like that. Um, is it considered a rib if you're doing it on a regular person? Is it a rib if it's between workers or is it just like, oh, we pull a fast one on some civilian? Well, I mean, they're not ripping them off for money or anything. Right, so right. It's, it's, it's whatever they want to do. They're just having fun. So yeah. rib, rib can kind of entail all of it. Yes. Okay. Um, there's another rib in California. I can't remember the exact participants of it, but the the gist of it was... Somebody, say Peter Maivia, flies in from Hawaii, gets picked up from the airport and says, okay, it's a, it's a long trip to get to the building. I'll drive there if you drive back. Sure. Okay. So they get in the car, and suddenly it's like an eight-hour trip to get to the building. They're going out in the desert. They're going over here. They're going up here. here. Get to the building just in time for the show. So they wrestle the show and like they're not looking forward to this trip home. So they get in the car and get ready to go home. And all of a sudden they drive and it's 20 minutes to the hotel. It turns out that the first rib was just all of the extra driving just to just to fuck with the guy. Yeah, yeah. But that took a lot of dedication because you're in the car yourself. Right. Driving all around. Yeah, like almost like sacrificing yourself to. Yeah, but, you know. Right. Who does that really hurt in the long run, I guess? The Is it because you're burning the guy's gas? I I believe in the one story, I, I've heard the story a couple of times. I know in one story it was a convertible that didn't work, so the guy wound up getting a sunburn okay. or something like that. You know, <laughs> Like Jason J. Yeah, it all works together. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, Let's see. Going up to the modern time. Yeah. Like as I said, when I first broke in, the very the big thing was H bomb and eyebrows, or if you pass out, writing on you with markers. And you it know, was just, Halcyon, you said. Well, yeah, it was called H bombs, which was Halcyon, which I guess was a painkiller back in the day. Okay. I, again, not really my ride, so right, I don't know right. that stuff. Like they were replaced by somas and replaced by oxys or whatever. You know, yeah, I don't right. Know, whatever the illicit drug of choice was. Um, 
one story I heard about one of the nasty boys. I'm going to assume it's Sags because Nobs kind of... No, Sags retired. Nobs is the one that's still around. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, so Nobs <laughs> allegedly went out with the boys, uh, did whatever, told his wife he was going back to the hotel, but went out with the boys, stayed out all night, slept on the plane all the way home, got home. His wife is pissed at him. What's wrong? I told you I went straight home last night. And she's like, go look in the mirror, you son of a bitch. Looks in the mirror and finds out that the other guys have drawn a cat face on him in magic marker, but nobody sold it at the airport so that he had no idea. That's pretty great. Yeah. Related to that is my favorite story about the teenage heartthrob, Scott DeMarc, yes. who's a referee at our level. Went out to Vegas with the boys one time. Might have been Cauliflower Alley. Might have been something else. Wound up passing out, so they had strippers um, sign his ass. Like, Scotty, had a great time with you. Love you. You know, blah, blah, sure, blah, right. blah, blah. Uh, but did this in indelible marker so he couldn't wash it off before he got home. Gets home. His wife is pissed at him. Just just furious. You're fucking around on me. You're doing all this stuff. Blah, 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 blah. I'm going to leave you. Blah, blah. And he's finally, he's like, honey, 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 relax, relax. If I was going to cheat on you, would I have a stripper sign my ass and say, had a great time. Love you, Scotty. That's pretty great. Yeah. Like, oh, I guess not. But and to this day, a cloud of mystery floats over his household good story it's a good story do you uh, ever has anything ever and uh not to cut you off when you're going because you've got a lot uh -huh. of great stories here but has a rib ever resulted uh to anything like on television at all has there ever been something that's happened uh you know like a a, a wrestler i'm sure it's happened because you always hear the stories about like and then i couldn't find my boots so i had to go out to the ring in my you know, running shoes and wrestle my match or things like that. Yeah, there's stuff like that. With but has there ever been anything so. where someone's had a uh, some kind of a rib pulled on them and then they uh, it somehow resulted in something in a wrestling match or a, not an angle like per se about the rib, but a guy gets an eyebrow shaved off and all of a sudden he's like one eyebrow gym or something like that or like that. Has there ever been anything where that's well, tied in? Mark Henry did something about the shit sandwich one time. Did he? Yeah. Okay. But... A rib that went wrong uh, resulted in Dynamite Kid getting his teeth punched and out that by Jacques yeah, Rougeau. Yeah. Uh, because that went back to, who was it? Like Terry, well, they picked on Terry Taylor a lot. But somebody, or like Kurt Henning cut up Terry Taylor's. Right. Cut up Terry Taylor's pants. Terry Taylor said, who the hell did this? I, now, I, I don't know if this is a, exactly it, but it goes somewhere along the lines. Terry Taylor comes back, who the hell did this? And uh, like Jacques Rougeau says something along the lines of, maybe it was Dynamite. I've seen him do stuff like that. Dynamite hears Jacques Rougeau said something like this, goes up behind him, cuffs him while he's right. playing cards. And then starts tormenting him because... And his brother was on crutches at that point. Yeah, because Dynamite Kid was a bully. Right. Right. And uh, Raymond, who was actually the shooter of the family, yes. like was on crutches. So, right. you know, it was a weird deal. You can see this all on YouTube. But all of this escalated into uh, like the last night in Jacques said, you know, I'm going to take him out. Got a roll of quarters and wound up plugging Dynamite Kid and knocked his teeth out. But this all started from a rib that went wrong. Right. Went south really. Yeah. yeah. Really quick. 
And yeah, that I know that's kind of one of the more famous as far as a rib that went bad kind of stories. Yeah, and I also think that that's because it was you know the business is more open, so everybody knew right, about it and right. stuff like that. Because I'm sure stuff like this happened behind. Now there were ribs that promoters would pull on the boys, like, oh, I'm I'm your top star here. I'm going to go to this other territory and and I'm just going to make more money there and rule there. Promoter would say, oh, okay, good luck get on the horn and call this other promoter and say, hey, do me a favor, put this guy in preliminary matches and pay him 300 bucks a week. Sure. Boom, right. they starve him out. Hey, what's going on here? Well, you had a good thing at that other that other territory. You must you should have kept your mouth shut. Yeah, being able to work together like that yeah. to kind of pull that stuff in, like kind of causing those troubles. Has anybody uh, ever been fired over a rib, do you know? Is oh, there, yeah, yeah I mean, that's been, it's definitely been yeah. stuff. Yeah, I like, mean, I can't. I can't quote you an exact story, but you know, like stuff's crossed over a line so far yeah. that it's just like there's or no, the wrong person gets right. ribbed and and for uh, our fans who are newer to newer to the show have probably never heard it, but like talk about on we talk on the bear episode a little bit about it. Just revisit that one a little bit with the honey and the oh yeah, that one's another one that happened everywhere. So I don't know where it really happened, sure, but. Whenever somebody was getting ready to go out and wrestle the bear, somebody would come up behind him and give him the football coach, hey, have a good match, and pat him on the butt. And they'd get out to the ring, and suddenly the bears got their their snout up the person's butt all night. They find out that when the person smacked him on the butt, they put a dollop of honey on the back of their trunk, so right. suddenly the bear wants to chase right. that. Like, and to me, that's fun. Like, that's good. Yeah, Not yeah, like that's, that's a harmless a good, rib. I mean, that's a harmless rib. It's a harmless rib with a 600-pound animal. Right. Yeah. Yeah, just wrestling a bear and, you know, get a little honey on your behind, and then... You just kind of take it from there. I, it's, it's much as people talk about and like. I, there's like a romantic, uh, rom- like oh ribs, ha ha ha, part of the business, yeah. fun. It's like for those who don't partake in those and are just kind of there. Yeah, it seems real. Like some of it seems incredibly mean spirited and it yeah. seems like really just like, I don't know. I I don't know how I, I get it. It's part of the business, but I don't know how I really feel about them like yeah, it's fun to hear the stories but i can only imagine what some of these guys but it's day in day out travel so right. they definitely we're just kind of doing their and thing. remember you're living in this fantasy world right um one one kind of harmless rib in the central states area was when they would run high schools they would go around all the lockers and find padlocks that weren't weren't fully locked sure. and take that and they'd put padlocks on a bag or do this do that and the right. other thing Terry Garvin was the booker. He was also a wrestler. When he came out, uh, like J.J. Dillon, who was working the territory, put locks on his bag. But it was driving Garvin crazy trying to figure out who did it because he didn't know Dillon did it. But he's like, I can't figure out which one of those assholes did this because I know you don't rib and I know this person doesn't rib. And this, you know, I was never alone with this person. It was driving him crazy. Yeah. Till finally one night there was a battle royal. So everybody was out in the ring except Garvin. Garvin took every took everybody's bag, took a huge length of chain he had acquired and chained everybody's bag together and put a lock on it and said, "I don't know which one of you fuckers did it, so I'm going to get all of you right now." That's awesome. You know, so right. stuff like that was relatively harmless. Yeah, right, right. But as far as, you know, I'm going to set your shoes on fire or I'm going to cut the legs off your pants or that's your you know, one, you're going into somebody's bag. Right, which is never good. Two, you're you're destroying property and with the money these guys are making, you know, that's not right. that's not cool. Now, um 
you've been, again, you've been around long enough to see it, and you've seen uh, a, a rib start to formulate in a locker room. You've seen stuff uh-huh. like that around. What do you end up doing? Do you, you bail? Do you just sit there and just, like, let it all transpire? If I think something's going to happen that I don't want to be a part of, I will get out. You of will there. get out of there. Yeah, I'll just be like, okay, guys, I'm going for a walk. You let me know when this is all done. Sure, sure. So... So you, that discretion is the better part of valor. Is that yeah. the, the expression there? Sure. Yeah, I mean, I'll help, I'll help. Like the one rib I did to somebody, there was a wrestling student at a local school that got in trouble for smoking marijuana. Sure. So at, at the next show, you know, we're all there ahead of time, and this student and another student like, were sent to a convenience store on, a, on an errand. And then the boss showed up and I said, hey, so-and-so, these two guys left to go to the convenience store. Why don't you pretend they left to go get high and you can bust them? It's like, okay, that's a great idea. So they came back and like the guy was laying into him like, you sons of bitches, I gave you a second chance, blah, blah, blah. And these two guys were just ready to cry until they saw me over their shoulder going, ah, gotcha. See? So, like I said, St. Holmes more of a shitster yeah, than anything else. Yeah, so that was fun. Um, another rib that I was part of, and I was happy with this, there's a local female worker, Sierra, um, was building up to have a cage match with another female worker. So right away we started the rib, well, if you're going to have a cage match, you've got to get color. Yeah. You've got to cut your head open. She was like, I don't know how comfortable I feel about it. Hey, if you want to do this, you have to do this. Right. Um, so when the, you know, we kept working on her, when the night finally came, I, I cut the blades for her and I purposely cut them huge. Sure. And I'm like, Hey, if, if you're uncomfortable about doing this, Stacy, you know, your opponent can do this. And so she saw me give Stacy the blades and Stacy's in on it the whole time. Oh yeah. Yeah. She's like, okay. So they're laying out their match and like, and then here's the spot. I'm going to get, get juice on you and everything like that. So to state to Sierra's credit, she didn't back out, but she was like, okay, you know, if we have to do this, we have to do this. So to her credit, she didn't back out. Finally, the spot comes in the middle of the, in the middle of the match. Stacy just takes her thumbnail and drags it across Sierra's head, said, here it comes. Whoop. And then throws her off, throws like goes to throw her off for the next spot and just says, it's a rib. Sierra runs across the ring. I knew it. You know, so that was just a thing. That's fun. Yeah. That's wrestling. So we just scared her, but, you know, nothing right. happened. But you like seeing the fear in her eyes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was fun. And that's good. I mean, it's like I say, but that's like a harmless. Yeah. And to her credit, she didn't back down. Right. So. Which is awesome to, to be able to, to take it like that. Yeah. Now, I took that from reading Fred Blassie's book, where if he had to get color on somebody, he would use his fingernail first to see if they were going to jump. Oh, really? Yeah. Because, you know, you could accidentally cut some. So if they didn't jump, then the second time he'd go in and do it. And so F- Fred would do it. Freddie would do it to them. Yeah. He'd actually open them up. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That's, I don't know. Again, I mean, with their, he, with the, they with their knew permission, it, right? Yeah. It wasn't like it was just. But him. it was to see if they would stay still while he, you know, did a surgery. Do you think it's a, um, is the rib kind of a dying art? Do you think? Do you think the. Or not so much a dying art, but do you think in this day and time it's kind of like those kind of the shits and the pisses and like the mean spirited yeah, ones? Yeah, that stuff's all gone. That's right? all gone. Yeah. I mean, thankfully. But. Right, right. Yeah, no, it's like a, 
a different time as we've yeah, said on so many different things. For that, no. Right. I mean, at some point I, I would assume that that becomes very dangerous or just, I mean, messing with people's stuff. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, back then you could get away with it too. The world was a bigger place. Yeah. So if you had to run after doing something, yeah, you'd go to some other some <laughs> other territory. Just, yeah. You were just out the door and uh yeah, so um that's pretty good. Thank you. This was a good one. Sure. I thought you had a good list. You, anything else any other ones or are you pre- feeling pretty I mean, there's there's a million stories, but Right, right. Well, if anyone uh, this person got their boots nailed to the ceiling or Sure, you know, right. Stuff it like seems that. to be like the like I say, like the basic uh, stuff. There's a big thing in Florida. It's a big thing in Florida to have one of the rookies get in your trunk naked. And then, like, they'd pop open the trunk and scare the person behind them on the highway and everything. Sure. Um, so you'd have them do that a couple of times, and then you'd get them set and say, okay, go ahead and do it. But then they'd pop the trunk, and the guy would jump out naked, but they'd be backed up to the window of a restaurant or right. something like that. Just, you know. There's, uh, And I don't know, maybe we talked about this on a previous podcast, but these, all of these ribs remind me of the Joe Rogan skit about the two guys working out in the basement. You ever heard that one? No. Where there are two guys working out in the basement, and then one guy is just like, you know what you should do is, while we're lifting weights, you should just take your shirt off. And the other guy's like, is that gay? He's like, no, total, no. I just That way I can see what muscles you're working and making sure that they're okay. And the guy's like, okay. So he takes his shirt off, and then he's like, well, now that we're doing squats and stuff, you should totally take your pants off so I can just make sure that you got proper form because you're wearing those basketball shorts, and I can't tell. And then the guy takes the basketball shorts off, and then he's like, I'm just going to put my hands on your cheeks. And, and the guy's like, isn't this gay? And he's like, no, no, this isn't gay, man. This is just guys working out, just doing stuff, you know, like having fun, spotting each other. And it basically ends with one guy sodomizing the other one. But what I'm saying is that it's like these wrestlers, these tough guys, these big okay. wrestlers. No, but what I'm saying is you have these tough guys, these wrestlers, and it's like in all of these like little ribs are like, hey, you get naked and get in the back of my trunk. Or, you know, or hey, yeah. I'm going to like get naked and like – crap of shit into your bag or just it's a all well, real weird well, like just unrelated kind of- to ribs uh it was common like in the old times like in the mid-atlantic area where guys would just be naked in the locker room sure like it was just i think that's common in my goddamn gym i go to now a bunch of old timers right there. right but i mean like there were no privacy towels and there, oh. like jericho talks about bulldog bob brown handing out you know, paydays while he's naked, like in the mid Atlantic, like, like the Scott brothers and everything, guys were just naked in the locker room. Milton Burles walking around in the the dressing room, not caring. Yeah. I don't get it. Uh, Uh, Don Fargo used to walk around naked all the time Yeah, until Herb Welch finally tells him, Hey Fargo, you know what you're doing? Walking around naked all the time. No. What's that? You're showing everybody how big your old lady is. Nice. So he decided to put pants on. Oh, that's pretty fun. Yeah. I taught my um, sons who are now going to the gym and working out. I've taught them the wrestler way of tying the towel. Of shitting your in a bag. Oh. Shitting in, in other guys' bags we don't know. Okay. Um, but so they're very, uh, they know the tie the towel around their waist yeah. when they're getting ready to take the sh- shower and uh, all that stuff. And it's funny because then to see them see these other guys again just free balling through the do to do, it's all those old timers that uh-huh. just, they don't, they don't care. And uh, that's a little bit disarming. So I could imagine what that'd be like in a wrestling locker room. Yeah, I mean, for some, but like talking to some of the elders in the area, like was that that wasn't so much common here, but like when they broke in, sure, 
it was still common. Right. Just like just, steam room stuff. It's that old yeah. old timer type thing. But just but just even hanging out it, naked. I mean, there's stories of Dusty just sliding his boots on, walking around. Proud as can be. Yep. Proud Papa. But even like the other, when we had the show uh, the other week, uh, they with everybody getting ready in that little alcove. And, yeah. Uh, and it's funny because people were walking up to get into the event and we were outside and I heard a guy go, are those guys changing over there? And it's just a bunch of dudes getting into their stuff, you yep. know? So, and it's like, you don't think about it when you're in the midst of it, I guess. But, well, I'd stopped caring. Yeah. That's good. But I do love... As I, you're doing this podcast naked and we're all super uncomfortable right now. That's right. Kyle's sitting in a corner across the room. You want a sword fight? All right. On that note, uh, thank you, Derek. This has been... Some people call it Adam's rib. <laughs> oh, jeez. This has been... Uh, really? That's a medical term for some people that are born with a bone in their penis. That's called Adam's rib. I know. Okay. I'm just telling you. We'll save that for our... Uh, no, we're not saving. I just... Grey's Anatomy episode. Dear God. That's true. You've been listening to Cigars and Conversations with... Derek. Webbed feet. Webbed feet. No, maybe they have webbed feet, but... If you do post pictures on the website, please get at the website with your uh, web the, feed. The, 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 the Facebook. No, no, no. The Facebook. The page. Post it to our Facebook. We'll send you something. Uh, yes. Uh, you can hear us exclusively on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Uh, thank you to all the gimmicks. Thank you to Kyle. Thank you to Derek. Uh, and uh, this has been Cigars and Conversations with Derek St. Holmes Esquire. We'll see you next time.